0: It is game six time for the Memphis Grizzlies in Los Angeles taking on the Lakers. And just as we all predicted, the most important player, the one whose presence on the floor will be most vital to determining whether or not the Memphis Grizzlies can extend this series to a do or die final game seven back home at FedEx forum is Luke Kennard. We're going to talk the health of Kennard and how Memphis can win with or without him. Hopefully on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Molinax. No DeMichael Cole flying alongside me on this Friday edition of Locked on Grizzlies. He's there in Los Angeles. He's at the Grizzlies Hotel. He's doing all sorts of different things. Grizzlies practice, Grizzlies media, trying to get information for the commercial appeal. So hopefully you'll forgive DeMichael for not being able to join me on this episode of Locked on Grizzlies It could be the final 2022-2023 episode, right? Do or die game six in Los Angeles. Obviously, the team fighting for their lives, trying to force a decisive game seven on Sunday in Memphis at FedEx Forum. But they got to get through game six first. And one of the most important pieces to that puzzle may not be able to be on the floor and most likely will not be at full strength, whether he is there or not. We'll talk more about that here momentarily on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, friendly reminder that we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team each and every day. Shout out to our everydayers who start their mornings, their their, uh, work schedules, their commutes. However you're checking out Locked On Grizzlies, whether it's on the computer, via YouTube, on your podcast feeds, we appreciate you I can freely speak for De Michael on that front. I know I, Joe Mullinax, your host here, uh, Grizzlies contributor and columnist over at Bluff City Media. I can most certainly say thank you on my end for helping make this first season for me uh, as part of Locked On Grizzlies a special one. But we're not done yet. It's game six. And as I alluded to, we we're in a strange time, right? I feel kind of weird getting ready to say what I'm about to say, but Luke Kennard feel super important going into a potential clinching, deciding playoff game for the opponent of the Memphis Grizzlies. That seems like something that felt a little unlikely Uh, two and a half, three months ago, right? When Luke Kennard, especially three months ago, was still a member of the Los Angeles Clippers, getting inconsistent run, inconsistent time because of perceived defensive woes. Kennard has exploded for the Memphis Grizzlies as a remarkable three-point shooter. He's always been good at three-point shooting. He led the league in three-point percentage last season. He did it again this past year, but he's getting more opportunity with the Grizzlies. And you can easily say that the Memphis Game 5 win at home in FedEx form for the Grizzlies against the Lakers was due in large part to what Luke Kennard provides, especially the starters. So the way that we're going to structure this episode, this preview of Game 6 here at Lockdown Grizzlies, is we're going to start with the positive, the world with Luke Kennard. And then later on in the show, we'll look at the world without potentially Luke Kennard and how the Grizzlies can try to piece together enough offense, especially in the half court to win. And then towards the end of the show, I'll give you my official prediction on whether or not Luke Kennard plays, how effective he can be, and whether or not Memphis forces a game seven. So let's start on the positive side. Let's say that Luke Kennard is going to play and – the official designation of questionable suggests it's a 50-50 shot. Historically speaking, the Memphis Grizzlies, when a player is questionable, they do give it the old college try, so to speak. They give their best effort. Sometimes they play, and other times they don't. If you remember correctly, John Morant was listed as questionable going in to game two there in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, with his hand injury, and he, of course, did not play in that game. So questionable does not always mean that the Grizzlies are going to play that guy. And Luke Kennard's shoulder, after that soreness in his uh, left shoulder, right there around his shooting motion, could make things a little bit difficult for him and uh, his elite three-point capacity to be able to shoot. If Luke Kennard is on the floor, and if the Grizzlies are good enough at uh, sheltering and hiding whatever the true medical uh, diagnosis of Kennard's shoulder is, The mere fact that Kennard is there, especially among the starters, makes a world of difference. And again, statistically, I could talk to you about how Kennard in his last 10 games is shooting almost 60% from three. I can talk to you about how in the postseason, he's shooting 50% overall from three across five games, over 100 minutes played, pretty large sample size of elite three point shooting. Kennard is doing amazing things for the Memphis offense. He provides spacing that they have sorely needed with Steven Adams out. And remember, we've talked about here on Lockdown Grizzlies numerous times, whether it's to Michael or myself. Obviously, Steven Adams is not providing spacing in the traditional sense of three-point shooting perimeter scoring. He does so through the screens that he sets, whether it's off-ball screens for shooters and flare screens, whether it is in the pick-and-roll, more traditionally speaking, and with Ja, Bain, Tyus Jones, whoever it might be. Adams is able to use his size to create space for the supremely talented John Morant and the extremely impressive Desmond Bain to work in particular. In the absence of Adams, that space is negated. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not as strong as a screen setter. Xavier Tillman is better at it than Jaron, but he's nowhere near as good at it as Steven Adams. In the absence of that space, and especially considering the struggles of Dylan Brooks offensively, when the starting five is out there of Ja, Bain, Brooks, Jaron, and Xavier Tillman, you have too many non-shooting options, right? If you count Jaw, who is inconsistent from three, I think that's fair to say. If you count Jaw as a non-shooter, that means that you've got Jaron Jackson Jr., who's around 37 or so percent, 36 percent. And you've got Desmond Bain, who obviously is in the 40s, so an elite three-point shooter. And then you've got three other guys in Brooks. Clearly, the, the Lakers want him to shoot. Xavier Tillman, that's not the strength of his game at all. And Ja, who can get streaky and get hot from range. But if you're the Lakers, you're living with Ja Morant chucking threes. That limits space. That allows for Los Angeles to crowd the paint, to make life difficult. Even if Morant is able to get around his initial defender, Anthony Davis can help off the basket or help off his player more because chances are he's defending somebody that is not a three point threat. So, With Luke Kennard out there, that goes out the window, regardless of who Kennard is playing with, but especially when Kennard is with the starters because it gives space. Watch the game. You see Luke Kennard out there as a three-point shooting threat. A screen is run or a pick for Ja or Bain to that side of the court. Instead of collapsing on the driving dribble penetration, they have to stay closer to Luke Kennard because a three-point shot for him right now is almost like a layup in terms of the efficiency that he is shooting the three ball with that matters immensely. Is Kennard a flawed defender? Absolutely. Did the Grizzlies go super small as we talked about on the Thursday episode of lockdown Grizzlies, and that could create issues. Sure. And I'm sure Darvin ham, the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers is coming up with ways to try to counter that in terms of his rotation to make Memphis pay for trying to go that small. However, the offsetting offensive brilliance of what Memphis was able to do with Kennard out there alongside Bain. That's been consistent throughout the series and throughout the time since Luke Kennard became a member of the team. Bain and Kennard, the numbers back it up. They are extremely effective together offensively. The defensive impact, perhaps that's questionable. But again, if you have Kennard and you have Jaron and you have Bain, say you pair them with Tyus Jones and even Dylan Brooks at the four, if they do go small, you still have three legitimate shooting options in Jaron, Bain, and Kennard. Tyus Jones obviously can get hot. He's had a tough playoffs, but he has shown the capacity to make big threes. Even if you say Dylan Brooks is the worst version of Tony Allen, and you can say that's an insult to Tony Allen, and you might be right. But in terms of T.A.'s shooting ability, Dylan Brooks is doing a pretty solid impression right now. Even if you want to write Dylan Brooks off, which is dangerous, understandable. Even if you do that, you still have offensive weaponry. You still have the capacity to defend, thanks to both Dylan and Jaron being on the floor. Kennard, if he can go in his questionable, di- uh, questionable markings as of right now, if he can play. He makes life much more difficult for the Lakers defensively. He gives Memphis much more half-court offensive spark. I would say it's a true coin flip if Kennard can go. Because even if he's not full tilt, the threat of Kennard, as long as he makes it clear that he could still shoot, they have to honor him. They can't just leave him completely alone as long as he's out there unless he shows that his injury is serious and he can't actually shoot in which case that would make things a little more challenging. But Memphis wouldn't put him out there if that is the case. They, didn't want, they wouldn't let him be a decoy for 25 minutes. Um, if he can't physically shoot, he won't play. If he can deal with the pain and get the ball up, they have to respect him, and that helps especially John Bain go off offensively. So it, it's a coin flip to me slightly leaning Memphis. Even though the Grizzlies haven't beaten the Lakers in Los Angeles, they were a bad road team. I think John Bain found something in terms of confidence in Game Five, and that can most certainly carry over moving forward. Next, we'll talk about if Luke Kennard doesn't play. I mentioned the scenario of if he if he can't physically do it, if he can't actually shoot a basketball. What next? What can Memphis do to try to offset that? It's to be a pretty massive blow to a team that's already without Stephen Adams, already without Brandon Clark. We'll talk about the other side of the coin without Luke Kennard next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Nissan. Our Nissan player of the game, player of the week, the day, is most certainly Luke Kennard. He's the subject of this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. He has been massively important in terms of his ability to shoot the three. He has shown the ability to be a beautifully fierce offensive player, really stunning how impactful he is in terms of that spacing, in terms of his ability to create a little bit off the dribble, just enough to make opponents respect him. He has a duality to his game that can really shine through when he's on, a combination of fierceness and elegance that is comparable to the perfect SUV crossover, the Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence, all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. And BetterHelp can help connect you to the deepening of your self-awareness and understanding alongside a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey to self-discovery from wherever you are. Whether or not you've ever tried therapy personally, there are so many positive coping skills that you can develop, ways to set boundaries, and empowering you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should certainly Give BetterHelp a try entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. In the first part of the show, we talked about the reality of Memphis with Luke Kennard, how much easier things are if Kennard is on the floor with that Grizzlies offense. That's just pretty simple to see at this stage in terms of how the Lakers have to respect Kennard, unlike any other player that they respect, except for maybe Desmond Bain, when it comes to three-point shooting. But with that questionable designation on the injury report, that means that there's a 50%, roughly, chance that Kennard doesn't play. First off, for me, after watching game five, that would feel like a pretty difficult hill to climb. Doesn't mean that the Grizzlies can't do it. But without Kennard and the spacing that he provides, it becomes that much more complicated. And I don't believe that there's really a lane for Memphis to operate with business as usual if Kennard cannot go. I think that they have to condense the rotation. I think that they need to lean into the fact that they have been managing minutes all season long. They have been watching what these guys are doing on the floor. They have provided opportunities for load management. They have managed injuries to the best of their ability. John Moran should play 40-some minutes. Desmond Baines should play 40-some minutes. Sharon Jackson Jr. should play 40-some minutes. Assuming that there's no foul trouble, those guys need to be on the floor. Dylan Brooks. If there is no Luke Kennard, you cannot just say, all right, Dylan, you're benched, like DeMichael kind of hinted at and insinuated that maybe that is what taylor jenkins would have done had luke not gotten injured because the rotation pattern was off dylan usually didn't come out at that stage maybe we wouldn't have seen brooks again the rest of the game because of how well Kennard was doing and how he was helping the starters you can't throw dylan brooks away you can't put him aside even if canard is healthy but you especially can't do it if canard cannot go because dylan you gotta hope You got to have faith. You got to believe, despite what our eyes have told us, that Dylan's going to hit some of these threes. Again, he hasn't done it in a very long time. I am very well aware of that. I am understanding that when you think Dylan Brooks and you think offensive contributions, you are more nervous than anything else because he just had a miserable regular season. 39.6% from the field. 32.6% from three, really the worst offensive campaign of his career. But his career numbers are slightly better than that, right? He shoots 41.6% in terms of field goal percentages overall, 34.2% from three for his career. In the postseason, he's shooting 30% from the field and 21.6% from three. So an argument that the Grizzlies can still win if Kennard can't go is an argument for Dylan Brooks finally progressing to the mean. We haven't seen that in a very long time. And it's understandable if you're listening to this or watching this and you're saying, Joe, there's no way in hell that happens. I'm with you. We are having a mental exercise. I'm hopeful Luke Kennard plays because he negates some of those issues with Dylan, even if they play together, as I mentioned a moment ago. I like the idea of Dylan playing the four. That doesn't mean that you toss Xavier Tillman aside. He still gets minutes. Dylan and X can play together, especially if the Lakers continue with this Rui Hachimura, LeBron James at center lineup when Anthony Davis is out. Okay, that's where the Grizzlies had a lot of their success in game five. Now, maybe the Lakers make an adjustment and you'll see uh, a more traditional big in that spot coming in for Anthony Davis. But the Grizzlies, regardless of what the Lakers do, they have to accept the reality that they have two good bigs right now. Santi Aldama had his best run of the series in the second half against the Lakers. He was out there with X first stretch and they had some success. They went on a little bit of of a run with those two as their bigs. I would prefer to give Dylan Brooks a shot at the four. Now that might sound like sacrilege and you might be yelling and shaking your hands and screaming at the sky. Why is this guy talking about Dylan Brooks still? If Luke Kennard cannot play, Look at the numbers of David Roddy. I've argued for David Roddy. If you've been following us here at Lockdown Grizzlies all season, I'm a big David Roddy guy. But if you're saying that Santi Aldama is not ready for this series, then David Roddy's not either, especially offensively. Maybe you want to make an argument for his physical defense, but he is not lighting the world on fire with his shooting splits either. You need Dylan Brooks. You need him less if Kennard is healthy. But if Kennard is not healthy, Dylan's got to play, and he's got to play a lot. And he got to hope that he either a starts dropping those shots that he has been missing consistently for some time now, or B he understands that he can dribble penetrate because they're leaving him so open on the perimeter. And when somebody steps up, maybe he finds an open shooter or an open cutter back uh, along the baseline, whatever the case might be, there will be other opportunities that he doesn't just have to accept and say, all right, I'm shooting this basketball and fingers crossed that it goes in. I also think that you could see some Zaire Williams. That would be someone that I would like to give run to if Luke Kennard cannot play. Not because Zaire Williams is an elite three-point shooter. He's not. But as DeMichael and I have talked about throughout this year here on Lockdown Grizzlies, while he's not elite, he is very good at scoring in the mid-range. And he could find his spots, the way that the Lakers are defending, collapsing the paint, especially if Kennard's not out there. Doesn't mean you put Zaire at the four. You probably stick with that more traditional big rotation. Santi stays in the mix if you decide to give Zaire some run. But it would be an opportunity for him. In Los Angeles, obviously, he has some connections and some California uh, alignments fairly close with LeBron and LeBron's family. His talent, his ability to score in the mid-range as an offensive weapon, John Conchar is not that they have no one else. That is that you hope for a good Tyus Jones game. You hope for a good Dylan Brooks game. And you look down the bench and you see Zaire Williams and the flashes of offensive potential that he has provided, you know, he can defend at least for stretches. He did it last season. If he's healthy, which obviously the knee issue has been a concern, but if he can go You let him get the chance, in my opinion, if Kennard can't go, and you put out there to the best of your ability, the concept of competing with that young man and trying to find an offensive spark if Luke Kennard cannot play. All of the ideas that I just outlined in this segment talking about no Luke Kennard shouldn't inspire a ton of confidence. I think that the Lakers will be favored regardless, but the Lakers will be heavily favored at least in my mind, if Luke Kennard cannot play. doesn't mean Memphis can't win. It just makes it much less likely. But there is a path. It involves good Dylan Brooks and trying to get him to a rhythm early. It involves trying things like Isaiah Williams to see if the above average shooting from the mid-range can help replicate or replace somewhat the impact that Luke Kennard makes in terms of spacing. Obviously, it's not the same. But you're trying to do more with less in that scenario. Let's hope that Kennard can play. Although, again, between Brooks and Williams potentially, uh, there's still a chance to win, even if Luke can't play. Those odds just go down pretty sizably. We're going to preview finally, regardless of Luke Kennard, Grizzlies Lakers game six, my keys to the game. I'm going to give you my prediction as well next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by eBay Motors. Big fans of eBay Motors here at Locked on Grizzlies. And with eBay Motors, when you're developing a championship team, right, when you're putting everything together, it's about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, you should head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Just because, you, are excuse me, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. Over 20, 122 million parts can be chosen from, and you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only ex- available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We will be... Finalizing our preview of Grizzlies-Lakers game six, I'll give you my official prediction, keys to the game, things to watch next year on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, Joe Mullen X, flying solo, no to Michael Cole this time around of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's in Los Angeles. He's very busy. He sends his best. He talked about seeing Luke Kennard getting treatment on the shoulder, the idea of potentially seeing some more Zaire williams if he cannot go. So, shout out to DeMichael. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk uh, whatever happens in game seven on the Monday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies, or we'll be talking the start of the offseason on that Monday episode. It's going to be a pretty uh, substantial weekend, one way or another, for the Memphis Grizzlies. Either they complete the largest comeback or one of the largest comebacks in modern NBA history. Again, not exactly the same, but more and more teams have been doing this 3-1 return, including a team of LeBron Jameses. Uh, You might remember going back to that Warriors series several years ago. It's happened more. It's been more commonplace. So it's possible. Or we'll be talking the Grizzly season ending. We'll start looking ahead to the draft and free agency and all those things. That's much less fun. Hopefully, we're talking Grizzlies playoff series number two after a massive Game 7 victory. After winning game six, of course, and that's the first step in this process. They have to win tonight in order to get to Sunday. And here are some thoughts for me going into this game. I am curious to see how fresh the Lakers are, in particular LeBron James. LeBron James had one of the worst games of his playoff career on Wednesday. He looked lethargic much of the time. He made mistakes, bad shot selection. I think he was 5 for 17 from the field. He just didn't have it. Now he said he would have it in game six. And I've looked foolish already in the series, betting against LeBron James. He had a massive performance in game four, of course, tying the game. Imagine if that shot hadn't had fallen and the game hadn't have been set into overtime. The Grizzlies would be looking to try to close out the Lakers right now. It's pretty uh pretty substantial in terms of how that how much that shot mattered. So you don't make a ton of money betting against LeBron James. I want to see how he looks because the two days off that happened earlier in the series, that's gone. They played on Wednesday night. They got on an airplane. They went back to Los Angeles. They play on Friday night. That's happened now three times in a row. They played on a Saturday. They played on a Monday. They played on a Wednesday. Now they're playing on a Friday. Fourth game in less than a week. How fresh is LeBron James? How healthy is Anthony Davis? The Grizzlies are younger. The Grizzlies should have fresher legs. They've managed minutes. They've paid attention to these things throughout the season. Part of the reason they do all that is to put them in a position where they can compete now. They can go out there and get run. They're young. They're hungry. If the Lakers can match that energy, then more power to them, and they deserve to win the series. Because that should be an advantage for the Grizzlies. LeBron James is 30 years old. He's dealing with a foot issue that, at a time, we thought that LeBron was going to need surgery for. Obviously, that didn't happen. But the point is, if you think LeBron James is at full strength, especially going to this fourth game in less than a week, that's extremely unlikely considering all the travel they've had to do and all those things. So how both teams respond to that reality, this being that fourth game, third city in a week going from los angeles to memphis back to los angeles who handles that best that's a massive key the energy the effort who's winning those 50 50 balls who's executing and completing the extra rotation diving taking charges all those extra content plays of hustle those are harder to do when you're tired those are harder to do when you're banged up who is able to execute those more Regardless of Luke Kennard, I want to see Jaron Jackson Jr. get back into his offensive groove. He has not really had that consistently in the series, which is mildly surprising. This is a guy who obviously the Grizzlies were depending a lot on offensively, and he's right around his season averages, don't get me wrong, and he's shooting better from the three for free throw line than he did in the regular season, but 31.6% from three, about 45% from the field. He is scoring around the same amount of points while playing roughly 10 more minutes or almost 10 more minutes on average per game. So he's scoring 18.8 points in the postseason. He scored 18.6 per game in the regular season. But again, he averaged 28.4 minutes per game in the regular season. Now he's at 37.8 in these last five games against the Lakers. So his percentages are down. He is not really dominating offensively. He hasn't been as impactful defensively. His block numbers are down as well. We're not seeing the Jaren that we're used to seeing. And part of the reason for that is the way that they collapse on him. They force turnovers. Excuse me. I've talked on here numerous times about Jaren having to improve as a playmaker. The Lakers know that Jaren's not going to pass consistently, and they're collapsing on him and forcing him at times into some bad decisions. So a, a strong Jaren game would go a long way, especially if Kennard cannot play bane and jaw were massive in game five add jaron to that maybe jaw has a little bit of an off night or bane has a little bit of an off night adding jaron would offset that and if all three of them go off right like if you have those three guys combining for 80 points or something like that the lakers are going to lose los angeles can't contain that if those three which again has rarely happened it would be an unprecedented almost event for all three of them to score efficiently in that manner but if they got to that place that'd be a big win so i'm looking for jaron jackson jr to rediscover his offensive efficiency and i'm also interested again we talked about the bench whether canard plays or not how you implement a tyus jones does he play more alongside john Morant? to provide another creator off the dribble, another guy if Jared Vanderbilt is picking up Jaw almost full court consistently, another one that can help start the offense, get Jaw off of screens, off ball, on ball screens and picks, getting him the ball in different ways. How do you initiate that? Do you depend on Tyus, who again, not his best series of playoff basketball, but he has shown the capacity in the past To be successful, if Kennard cannot play, do you go with Zaire Williams? Do you lean on John Conchar more heavily? Do you give David Roddy another chance? Those are all questions that need to be answered if Kennard cannot go. But my official prediction I think, unless Kennard physically cannot shoot a basketball, he is going to give it a shot. And chances are he can physically shoot a basketball. The opportunity will be there for him to try i'm not saying he's going to be universally effective but i think he's going to give it a shot i think he's going to play and i think the lakers are going to have to respect him because even if his shot is off because of his shoulder soreness he will be able to put the ball near the basket you can't just assume that that guy is going to miss and you're not going to leave him open to test it unless you know that'd be kind of crazy like a fox I do think that you'll see Jaw and Bain continue to have success because Kennard is out there, as well as them just kind of finding their groove. I think that the schedule is going to impact the Lakers, even though they're at home. I think that there will be an initial rush of energy in a deciding game six there in Los Angeles. But if Memphis can hang around, if they can weather the storm, if they can put themselves in a position to not get blown out and have to fight to come back, given their depth concerns, it's there for the taking for the Grizzlies. Memphis is the younger team. They're the fresher team. They are the team that is more capable, at least in theory, of dealing with the schedule. So I am going to predict a Memphis Grizzlies win. I'm going to say it's going to be another fight, much like game four was. It's certainly not going to be a blowout on either side of the spectrum. And I think that you're going to see a game that winds up being something like 106 to 103. It'll be a one possession game late. I think that you'll... Have the game from game five and the confidence that that built up in Bain and Morant. I think that will pay dividends. I think that you'll see opportunities for those guys to make their moment and have their moment. And this time, unlike game four, where LeBron was the one who finished things off, I think that John Bain will do so in game six and force a decisive game seven there on Sunday in Memphis, Tennessee. So that's my prediction. It's locked on Grizzlies. That probably doesn't surprise you. But as I've talked about before, lakers in six if you're being honest if you're being unbiased that would not be surprising if the season ends after friday's game i would understand it would not shock me nothing shocks me moving forward lakers in five would have surprised me and the grizzlies made me look right when it came to that at least because i did say that lakers in five would be surprising lakers in six not surprising they've played well in this series their reserve players, their other guys behind LeBron and Davis have played better than Memphis's other guys. And if that trend continues, especially if Kennard is out, it might be curtains for the Grizzlies' season. But we're going to believe here. We're going to say no to the basketball god of death one more time and hope for a Game 7 on Sunday in Memphis in a tightly contested game that the Lakers are certainly going to fight to try to close out this series. And Memphis will be competing to see their season live another day. Thank you for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen today and each and every day, again, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Also check us out on YouTube, like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, and a special shout out to our everydayers. Those of you that check out our show, my show, Michael's show, each and every day, we are so appreciative of it. Thank you for your time, your energy, all of those things. This is a weird end of our show because Sunday or Monday's episode, this is the weekend, It's going to have one of two tones, right? It's going to be jubilant. If you think that I have been obnoxious before, if the Grizzlies find a way to win this series, oh, just you wait. If the Grizzlies lose, questions have to be asked. What do you think of Taylor Jenkins? How does this roster get better? Who within the roster itself has capacity for growth still? Who is eligible if Memphis goes out and tries to acquire a Bridges? That seems unlikely at this time, but a Dorian Finney Smith, a Cam Johnson, an OG Ananobi, you know, all those types of offseason chats and pieces of conversation that uh, DeMichael and I can have. That might be the topic of Monday as we start that process, or it could be getting ready for reviewing a Game 7 victory and a second series in the NBA playoffs. I don't know which one it's going to be at this stage, but I do know that I will see you. On Monday, here on Lockdown Grizzlies. So go Grizzlies. Hopefully, the playoffs continue. If not, we'll deal with that when the sun rises on our Monday edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. But until then, I am Joe Molinax. Enjoy the game. Hopefully, the games stay locked in. This is Lockdown Grizzlies.